Welcome to the Village ZM. We are a youth-led podcast that focuses on the people of Zambia and how to navigate the problems we face as a country in order to create development and progress for our great nation. Follow us at the Village ZM on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and various other podcast platforms. I don't know, should I do the radio voice? Welcome to the Village ZM. We are a youth-led podcast. I forgot the... (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Welcome to the Village ZM. Um, We're going to have a little bit of a different conversation on this one. It's it's more like a duet. It's just me and Lusungu out here. Lusungu, what's good? What's good, my brother? How are you doing? I'm all good, sorry. All good. How are you doing? Hey, not too bad, man. Not too bad. No, um, I'm a pedestrian, so I'm not affected too much by the rising fuel prices. So if there was a day where I was ever thankful that I don't have a car, it's uh, definitely today. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where we just laugh so that we may not cry. I feel like that's what comedy is about, the humor so all the memes on Twitter are about, you know, you, you go back, you scroll through the timeline, you see people quoting tweets from like 2014 when, when some folks were opposition politicians and how their tweets are aging like milk. It's uh, it's very interesting to see, and yeah, I guess that's a that's a good segue to introduce um, today's today's topic. Um, the title of our episode is Democracy or Hypocrisy, and so we pose it the question to you um, in the context of the government of the day in Zambia. You know, there's been a lot that's been going on that seems a bit unexpected, a bit strange, and yeah, we just kind of want to get your thoughts, so <laughs> we look forward to, to hearing y'all's opinions. Um, one of the one of the primary sources for our research on this episode is a very well and carefully curated article by none other than Sishua Sishua, and um, this article was actually published in Mail and Guardian, and the title of this article is "This Is How Hichilema Is Undermining the Indians." And this article was published on 28th of March, 2022. And yeah, we're going to link it in, in the description because it's a very interesting read. And we hope that you can take the time to, to give it a listen. Uh, because there's actually an audio version of the article for those who prefer to listen. Um, anyway, before I go off on a tangent... Um, I'm just going to ask Lusungu to help us out with, uh, you know, setting the context um, for this conversation. Thanks for that, Sui. Okay, so to start us off, I guess, when it comes to hypocrisy and democracy, this is something that we have been talking about for a very long time. And when Sui brought up this idea of something that we should actually have on a podcast episode, it was something that we were really excited about because it's something that we feel is of the utmost importance to talk about. 
because there are a number of issues that we feel like need to be addressed in our society. And I guess one of the first things that we can definitely start with is talking about how some of the promises that were promised to us during the campaign period or over the past few years have not been fulfilled and that the new government have sort of blatantly backtracked on. You know, to go into details, you know, we can first of all start off by talking about something as very simple as coming back or backtracking some of the laws that were put in place by the previous administration. Because during the time when the UPND was in the opposition, they did speak about a lot of some of these laws that were put in place. And the first thing that they could have really done is like backtrack some of these laws and stuff. It's funny how the UPND government has sort of use some of these laws, like the cyber bill law, against the citizens. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's an interesting. That's an interesting place to start. I mean, there's a lot of laws that were passed in the previous administration that the current administration vehemently opposed. And you know, they've been in government for like seven months. Parliament is in its, I think, second session, if I'm not mistaken. And none of these things seem to be on the agenda. You know, there's just like a lack of will to put reforms on the agenda. It's just kind of like, we're not like trying to progress. There's no effort that we can see. And, you know, it's kind of scary because it's like folks are on record saying that they're going to repeal it the day that they are elected into office. And it's like seven months later, not a word, not a hint. Just like, okay, you know what? We're in government, so we can use this to like consolidate our power. And, and that's just, you know, that's just what it is. And uh, yeah, that's kind of wild. It's actually insane. Um, incidentally, Malimba's just joined us. So um, we're going to give him a shout. We're going to put him on the spot. We're going to bring him into the conversation because we're just vibing. Malimba, good brother. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm just here for moral support. Don't mind me. Nah, nah, nah. There's nothing like moral support. You're joining this conversation. No, I am not joining this conversation. I'm just here for moral support. And uh, I want to see the, the value you guys are going to bring to this conversation. So I'm just here to learn. See me as one of the people who's listening to the podcast. So, you know, it's like a practice right. listener, you feel? So, all right. All right. Say less. But if you at any point would like to join in, your insights are very valuable. So you're more than welcome to pitch in, to chip in, whatever but yeah, just getting back to, you know, some of the key issues that, you know, we feel have happened. Um, one of the most, I think, interesting one, because of how recent it is, is, you know, there's been, there's been some undermining of the legislative branch that's been going on, of the integrity of the legislative branch. And yeah, I'm going to put Lusungo on the spot for this one again, because we were just talking about this. So I want him to to give us his perspective on like one particular incident. So yeah, we were just talking a few minutes ago before we did like start the recording about this new decision that was passed down by the deputy speaker to suspend the 30 PF members of parliament for 30 days for something that happened last November. Of course, I do understand that most likely parliament did suspend and everything. So it was something that could not have been done then. But then just doing it now, especially during a legislative period, is something that I really feel is kind of feeling like deja vu because the same thing that the PF government did not so long ago when they did suspend quite a number of UPND members of parliament 
And then they went on and said, passing on all these weird laws and stuff in parliament. And just to see the UPND doing that all over again, perpetuating the cycle, is just something that makes me feel super uncomfortable. And I'm not happy to see that. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, it is astonishing. But again, it kind of just sets the context for this episode. Because is this democracy or is this hypocrisy? (laughs) You know? Um, Thank you so much for sort of giving us some insight on that specifically. Another thing that I feel like is worth mentioning is the harassment of private media. I mean, we had a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, um, a case where there's a leaked audio by a journalist from KBN. And, you know, this journalist is harassed by law enforcement. And the interesting thing is that in this leaked audio, we have high-level government officials conspiring to interfere with an electoral process. And in that conspiracy, there is phrasing or wording that potentially implicates the president and the vice president. And the investigative wings choose instead to harass a journalist, arrest a journalist, and, you know, harass the TV station in a, in, in, in a plethora of ways. And there's zero investigation of the claims that are made in that conversation. And these government officials, they, they disappear for a little bit. No one can figure out where they are to get in touch with them for a comment. And then a little while later, they're, they're going back to work like nothing has happened. And it's like, you know, what's really going on? Like, this is, this is unacceptable. We can't have this. And, and so it's, it's, just, it's just really strange ongoings because this is the same government. This government, when it was in opposition, spoke out strongly against the actions that the previous regime had taken in suppressing private media. And so it's, it's, it's a bit strange because we find them in government now and they're doing the same exact things that the past government had done. So that's, that's very worrying. It's concerning. It's deeply concerning for our democracy. You're right, man. It is deeply concerning. So to just jump in like that, but I just want to just put uh, my two cents across because this is something that really should not be happening, not in this day and in this age. And, you know, to be one thing for it to be an isolated incident, but then can we think about it? This is not the first time it's happening in the past seven months yeah. under this new um, government. Because if you remember correctly, the same thing did happen to Diamond TV during the time of the budget presentation. And it's crazy that these things keep on happening one after another and another, especially to people who spoke so much about, about these things. And it's just deeply concerning. No, it's, it, it, is, it is just unfortunate to, you know, to have things like this happening, especially when, you know, when people 
seem to have begun with the commitment to ensure that there would be protection for the private media to sort of then now pivot and just engage in in oppressive behavior it's 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 deeply concerning and it's very unfortunate yeah you know it is great to see like all the little ways in which the UPND government is really trying to suppress our private media and coming to think about it it reminds me of reading that fat increment which was put on to all media print and it truly makes me believe that this is another way how the UPND government is seriously trying to crush our private media because it's really not the best thing that they can do if they really want to support the private media, which is something that they did speak about during their time as opposition. Yeah, that definitely seems, uh, yeah, it seems very intentional. And, and that doesn't set a good precedent because, you know, I don't think that it's democratic in any way to put strain on an industry that's already strained. I mean, print media's numbers are, are pretty low because you know a lot of things are now online. Everyone's transitioning to digital. Let's think of them as businesses that are operating under tough conditions, and you know, there's this action that's being taken to make things even tougher for them. It's, it's deeply, it's deeply concerning. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be the catchphrase of. Episode, to be honest, deeply concerning. Um, moving on to a few, let's call them defining moments. And there are several, but we've picked three specific pillars to sort of guide our conversation. And I'm going to pass it to Lusungu to, to give us a start. All right. Thanks for that. So I'm going to go on right ahead and talk about co-opting civil society and the accountability gap that we have currently in our society. I'm primarily going to focus on the accountability gap. So over the past few months, you know, past seven months, since the UPND government got into service, we have seen a gap in accountability. And this has happened in so many ways. Um, For starters, you know, we as citizens are no longer demanding as much from our government. You know, most of us who used to be very critical of the previous government were constantly, you know, talking and expressing our views, you know. And even if we knew that most of it was going on deaf ears, we still constantly made an effort to do so. But then of late, you know, we found ourselves in a position where that is not happening as often. A number of people keep on going quiet and not saying exactly what's on our minds, you know, saying that, oh, no, you know, it's early. Oh, no, it's this or it's that. But then we keep on forgetting that this is a time when we need to wrap things up. This is a time when we need to put the pressure on the neck of those people who are in service, because if they keep on messing things up right now, and if they keep on ignoring us, and if they keep on not doing what they're supposed to do right now, who is to say that they're going to be any better, you know, one year down the line, two years down the line, three years down the line? And, you know, we end up finding ourselves back in the cycle of our government or people in service not doing their jobs and not being accountable, you know, to us. So I think that, you know, it's really a time in which now we need to really step it up and we really need to make sure that we are holding those people accountable, you know, because it lies in interest on each and every one of us to do our part in keeping this democracy alive and just making sure that all that really does get to happen. So that's, that's what I have, you know, and that's where we're going to start out from. Um, Sui, 
please feel free to, you know, take it up and, um, you know, do your thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, another interesting part is, I mean, just this past week, we had like a few appointments of some some very influential figures who have now sort of been co-opted and essentially taken out of the civil society space and into, I guess, I would call them de facto government positions. I mean, I don't really want into it, but the new director general of the ACC is someone who has been actively involved in the civil society space in, in, in a way. And, and, and as part of that accountability coming out and, and speaking on issues and the same things happened, you know, for, for a few other roles. And, and so there's now this sort of gap in civil societies that will need to be filled and filled quickly because civil society plays a very key role in ensuring that the government isn't going too far off track. But yeah, I think I think we yeah, we can we can close this particular we just wanted to highlight as as something worth noting in our defining. I think the next one that I would like to talk about is communication and lack thereof. Um, I feel like our government has been poor at communicating issues. And even when there is the communication happen, it's, it's not high quality communication. It's, uh, I, I don't like to use the I word but it is it does it does give a few hints of incompetence. I don't know if you agree this one. I do. Honestly speaking, I do agree with you because they are using a lot of tactics and a lot of ways of communication that they themselves, you know, spoke against, which they themselves called incompetent, you know, and a whole lot of other things. We hate to use the word, but what can we do? Yeah, definitely. I mean. <laughs> We've had two incidences where um, a director and apparent spokesperson in the Ministry of Information has come out and turned issues that could be explained very simply and straightforward to a whole fiasco. Actually, I'll call it a circus, into a circus. Because, I mean, the first incident is when... (laughs) You know, Tabo Kawala has asked about the role of permanent secretaries' special duties. And the answer is, is very simple, right? You need to have an additional layer in the hierarchy to help coordinate the permanent secretary of each ministry with the office of the secretary of the cabinet. That's the simple answer, but in his interview, he turns it into a whole fiasco and fails to explain a very simple point. And the the second incident, which is even more recent, is when an inquiry comes up about the current group of ministers and their declaration of assets. 
And, you know, we have Tabo Kawana on record as saying, this is government's position. All these people have filed their assets. They filed their declaration of assets. And then a check is done on this to see if it's actually factual. And it turns out that only seven out of, I believe, 25? No, no, no. Out of 35, or, uh, well, all the ministers anyway, only seven of all the ministers, provincial ministers as well as cabinet ministers, and out of, you know, that whole group, only seven people have declared their assets. And so, on the one hand, you have an individual speaking on behalf of the government, saying this is government's official position, they have all filed, blatantly disregarding our intelligence and lying to us about something that we can't prove. And this then gets us thinking, what more are we being told or lied to about that we don't even have the access to prove? Because this is something that we can clearly prove But there's a a lot of other things that are built on trust that the government gives us positions on. So it it raises the question, what else could we possibly be lied to about and we don't even know about? And we don't even have a way of knowing about them. It does really scare me too as a citizen because... As you've just mentioned, like there's just so much stuff that you know we keep on hearing, and then we are supposed to take it on faith, you know, on their word that what they are saying is true. But if the director of information is himself giving us false information, you know, somebody who is supposed to be looking for for information is giving us false information about, as you've said, something like that. How are we really sure that that when they tell us something that we really need to hear about, that they are being going to be honest with us? And it's really not a place that we would want to be, you know, considering all the stuff that we've gone through the the past 10 years. This is supposed to be a fresh start. And instead of having a fresh start, we're just getting the same old, same old. And it's not what we deserve as citizens, you know? It's not what we deserve as a country. We definitely do deserve better. Yes, yes, indeed. We deserve so much better. And uh, unfortunately... We have to keep on mentioning this and, you know, reiterating our point that, you know, we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard. We can't settle for anything less than the best of the best of ourselves. And, and that's something that is a gradual process, but it's necessary because there's so much better that we can do and we have so much potential that's just waiting for us to step into and fulfill. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not a pipe dream. It's something that's within, within reach, you know, the Zambia that we want, the Zambia that we deserve. It's not something that's so far away that we can't reach it. It's not unattainable. It's a very realistic prospect. It's just a matter of ensuring that everyone is pulling in the right direction with us. And I suppose now on to our to our next point, I guess our final point, uh, which we think 
uh, sort of characterizes defining moments in this case. Um, and <laughs> on our notes here, we actually wrote <laughs> a petri dish for corruption in the context of an evolved Carter problem. And uh, yeah, I want to put Lusungu on the spot for this. <laughs> Lusungu, um, can, you, can you tell us a little bit more about this evolved Carter problem? You know, just the way that we put it down just describes it perfectly, just describes a situation in the most perfect way there is. As we've said earlier, and as we said, even like on our episode, the first 100-day review, you know that, yeah, things are looking great, you know. We no longer have carders in the markets, no longer have carders at the bus stations, we no longer have carders disrupting people's daily lives, daily routines, you know, in all those little ways that they used to do in the days of the PF government. But now we seem to have carders who have evolved, you know, carders who are no longer in the streets getting a two-quarter here and there, but we now have carders who are in suits. <laughs> They're walking up into the offices and then have the capacity to really do the community and our society a lot of harm because it's just a lot going on. You know, it's, it's very hard for us to really trust the people who are being put in some of these places that they are being put in. You can even start from talking about like the very first decision that was made, that, if I'm not mistaken, that was with the pulling of all um, permanent secretaries. They were the ones who took the first hit and then all their replacements seem to be people who are affiliated to the parties which definitely goes against what exactly permanent secretary position is supposed to be, because it's supposed to be an independent post, you know, one that is not going to say like, who's currently in government. It's supposed to have people who actually know what they're doing in those but Instead, to have a number of these positions filled up with people who are just an evolved cadre, more or less. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What's your take on this issue? Ah... <sighs> I, I don't know. I just want us to be more professional. I feel like it's it's one thing to have individuals who are qualified. But that, that, that doesn't seem to be the case more often than not. And I feel like if we just put in some professional built systems of integrity, systems of merit, Tomorrow will be a brighter day. But you look at a role like the permanent secretary, right, that we just mentioned, and it's like there's no permanence. Like, like it's not a permanent role, even though the, that phrase, it's literally someone from outside who's never worked a day in their lives, who's coming in first time and has to, like, learn on their feet. And that just doesn't, you know, make sense. I mean, the permanent secretary is is to implement government policy. And so if you have someone who isn't qualified to do that, who doesn't understand the landscape and government uh, procedure and processes, then you know you sell yourself short in the implementation, however good the policy may be, because you don't have someone who's adequately qualified for that. So it's something that really needs a shift. It needs to change. We really just hope that at some point we can have someone, you know, to lead that political charge. And we will do what we need to do for the good of the country in the long run and not just try to reward people who we feel have been loyal to the party 
that sense. Uh, that's I feel like that's yeah, that's my thought for now at least on this issue. But you know where we've come from, like with, with the last two topics, it's it's to the to the merit and the lack thereof. You know, it's something that we've also spoken about doing good up or people not being held accountable for like the decisions that bring me back to the whole Injito scandal. Yeah, you know, and and just how something like that, you know, happened and it's, it's all just been swept under the rug. You know, it's something that we've not really heard a response from, you know, from Jito or the president or the office of the president or anyone. And it, it does really make me wonder, you know, about now a lot of things that keep on going on each and every day. You know, it not makes me wonder how it just really makes me trust the government less and less as like we keep on moving because you really see that there's a lack of accountability you know, holding themselves accountable, you know, for the actions that they take. And if these are things like, you know, drugs put about earth, these are the things that we can easily see for ourselves, things that we can easily fact check. What is really going on, you know, that that we're not aware of? Is it going to be like another five years, you know, in, in 2026, when we have our elections again, when we take them out, that we're now going to know that, oh, no, this and this was happening, you know, during, during UPND's time? It's just something that I hope we don't go through all over again. Yeah, def- definitely, definitely not. I mean, it, it does put us in a very precarious um, situation. And, you know, ultimately, ultimately, we do just hope that, you know, the ship can, can be steadied because uh, we, we would like some stability. We would love some stability uh, for, for the country. And and we we hope for the best, but I recognize how gradual of a process it is. But also, you know, the indicators have to be there. The willingness has to be there to see the process through, and and that seems to be a part that's it's it's, it's a little bit deficient. It's a little bit deficient. It's lacking, and so you know, we just hope that we just hope that people can sort of recognize the the importance of making sure that our country is guided carefully and guided in the way that it deserves. I mean, you just mentioned the whole sweeping under the rug, and and this sort of just leads me to the concluding point, which is a petri dish for corruption. We've had a number of scandals that haven't been addressed, not even indirectly, not even subtly. They're just, they're just, being completely ignored and and that that doesn't set a good precedent for the rest of this administration's term because day by day they're proving less and less worthy of our trust and if we have a government that we can't trust then we're in big trouble and yeah, I don't really want to go too too much in depth. I, I, we we did talk about a few of the corruption issues, but if you read that Sishua Sishua article, he he does go into great detail about a lot of the issues that we do intend to address uh, at a later date. But for now, I think that we're gonna move on and have some concluding remarks. And just keep in mind the question that you know that's in the title, the question that we have before are we in a democracy or a hypocrisy and 
with that being said, uh, I'm just going to get Lusungu's final thoughts and then I'll give mine and we can wrap this up. Before you guys give your closing remarks, I just want to answer the question too. <laughs> Please go ahead. Yeah, my only contribution today is to say that we're in a hypocrisy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I have to say. Classic, classic. Drop the mic. No, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to answer the question. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um. All right. So I guess for me personally, honestly, I feel like after our intense discussions that we've had, you know, it makes me think of this new motto that the UPND government has adopted, the new dawn government. And um, I've always felt like it's incomplete. And I feel like they are really completing it for themselves because it's, it is a dawn of a new day. It is a dawn of a new government. But it doesn't seem to be a government that's going to be giving us the change that they promised. It seems to be the dawn of a government that is still up for that still doesn't want to make the decisions necessary for the betterment of our society. And the dawn of a government that might have the shortest term in office, you know, that's how it looks like, you know, and that's just from my, from my perspective. I may be wrong, but it's just how I feel. It's just how I keep on seeing things going because there's honestly a lot of things that these guys know better. I know we should be saying that they should know better, but we know that they know better because the UPND has been an opposition for a very long time. They have spoken about a number of these issues for a very long time. So they know better. Instead of breaking the cycle, they just keep on going through the motions like this is something that we want and something that we deserve when they know for well sure that this is not what we want. So yeah, I guess those are just my final thoughts. It's, it's just something that just hit me, you know, in the back of the head, like while we're just going through this, this discussion. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, I, I definitely feel you. I definitely feel you on that. Um, I mean, they do know better, so we expect better. And one thing that I think puts them in a, in a tight spot is, you know, they, they got elected on the premise of hope. And hope... Hope is a very valuable thing, but it's also extremely fragile. And so once people start to lose confidence, then, you know, they, they then start to lose their ability to govern effectively. And, and so I think one thing that the UPND should aspire to do is regain the confidence of people, steer the ship steady the ship and you know just do the best that they can and ensure that in everything that they do the interests of the everyday zambia are protected but i mean my final is i think that they're a rookie government at best and They've been neglectful at the mid and saboteurs at the worst. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's growing pains, if it's a lack of care, or if they're just doing it intentionally to just, you know, I don't know. I don't know why someone would intentionally govern poorly. But these are just my thoughts. And yeah, 
with this being said, I feel like this is a place to close this conversation. We are the Village ZM. Feel free to get in touch with us on our social medias. Join the conversation. Use our hashtag. Tweet us our thoughts. Let us know if you agree with, if you disagree with us. We can debate. And um, yeah, ultimately, let's have a conversation. Let's have a discussion. And let's look ahead and try to build a Zambia that we can all be proud of. It is what it is. It is what it is. What's your final thought though, Malimba? Tui was more optimistic. I was like heavily on the pessimistic side. I'm hoping you can balance (laughs) balance us out. All I'm going to say is that this government is a hypocrisy, but, you know, it's not yet too late for them to listen to everything Sui said. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. It's not yet. And I'm saying not yet. I'm not saying it's not too late, but not yet. So which yeah. means that they have the time, but at the same time, very soon they won't. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. If I were them, I would, I would think of that. I don't have much to say. You guys have said everything that needs to be said. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We do appreciate you, brother. <laughs> <laughs>